coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. Everyone, I'm Barbara Gunn Mueller, and welcome to PeacePodcast.org. I am so delighted that you tuned in today. You are in for a treat. You know, we say that we're we're really spiritual beings in a human body. Is that true? Can we be both? Can we be the human that we need for the face-to-face conversations and carry that energy of spirituality inside? Today, you're in for a treat. We're going to interview Roger Collis in 19. 19- 70, he was at Findhorn, and he has been traveling the world, helping those people who need him the most. So Roger has been collaborating with visionary individuals, innovative organizations, open-minded and non-conventional approaches that could bring the world to a better place through positive actions. You know, I know Roger from Findhorn because I went to my, I had my honeymoon in Findhorn, Scotland with my dear Robert Mueller. And there was Roger and Catherine, his wife. In 1975, he co-founded with other former Findhorn members, the Lorian Association to Explore the Emergence of a New Consciousness. Now, remember I said that we're the spiritual being in this human body? His primary focus is bringing spirituality into everyday life. Wouldn't that just be lovely? As such, Roger has partnered with the U.S. Department of Energy on the nation's nuclear cleanup program, organized international conferences in China and Ukraine, chaired a governmental task force on economic sustainable development, and co-founded two technology companies. Now, does he have time for us today? I hope so. Roger, I want to welcome you. Roger Collis. Thank you, Barbara. Wonderful to be with you and with all of your listeners. Well, you know, it's so interesting because Roger has the most interesting life and he has the most interesting wife. You may remember Catherine has been on our peacepodcast.org. And if you don't, go back and watch it. Catherine Collis and Roger Collis are quite a couple. Everybody on the planet should be so lucky. They have been married 50 years 50 years of working together as a team. I'm so glad he's here today. Roger, can I ask you the first question I'd like to find out? What challenges are we facing today? What's going on in our world? And what is the current situation? Well, 20 years ago, I was preparing to fly to Ukraine to organize the first private sector conference in Kiev with the then uh, Ukrainian government. It had just got its uh, independence at the time. And, and that to me was an immersion into a change process that had been instigated with the breakup of the Soviet Union, which was quite significant. And I, I say this uh, because it's an important uh, pause point in my life uh, because you know today, uh, President Biden came out talking about the potential of war you know, of, in Ukraine with incursions from the Russian military. So I think that one of the areas that we, we have to be uh, discerning about is geopolitical and what's happening in all parts of the world and the rise of authoritarianism. And 
people uh, wanting to be told what to do. And I remember when I first came to this country in 1974, Willis Harmon, the researcher and writer, was then at Stanford Research Institute, and he talked about friendly fascism as a potential scenario for the future. And that's basically people wanting to be told what to do. They don't want the responsibility. They want the, fr the friendliness of a big brother, big father telling them. And I think that one of the major challenges is for us to come into relationship with our own inner spiritual authority. What, what is inside of us that gives us agency and will to be here in the world and be a responsive agent and not a reactive uh, one. And to heal those fractures inside of us so that we can become whole in our relationship, in our relationships with others and people around us. I think you're right. I think there's something about the human being that wants to be told what would be the right course of action. Instead of taking that inner knowing and that inner knowledge that we're born with that can maybe solve problems in our own unique way. So what are we needing to do to make this happen now? Yeah, I mean, that's a, a very, very uh, a good question and it's seminal to this, this point in, in, in human history. And I would say that we have to uh, uh, increase our capacities of understanding human nature and who we are to include the spiritual. You know, for, for, for many decades, we've sort of divorced the spiritual from human activity or we've placed it within the religious context or within spiritual traditions. But essentially, the spiritual life is available to all of us. And that's a life of kindness and loving and care. And I will use this term again, discernment. You know, it's not just accepting, you know, everything. It's being in right relationship to the world about you. And that requires having collaboration and cooperation and an open heart and being able to work with the diversity of the human experience. That's so and that beautiful. diversity is so important. Yeah, the right relationship with the future and with now and with who we are. Yes. And so yeah. as I look at you, I'm in relationship with you and I'm listening to you and I learn from you. Well, what do we need to do to create the future that will work for the whole planet that we can become brothers and sisters and in secure ways that we have what we need and we can share. That's the hardest thing for people to understand, for me, to understand that other people don't get that. There's enough for all of us, right, Roger? Well, there, there, there is, and we have adopted a, a very materialistic uh, worldview and an experience of identifying with material things as if, and our identity, our attachments to that are the basis of our motivation into human life you know how we go forward and i think it's settling into the spiritual now i know that may seem a little vague to people but it's actually quite practical which is the recognition that there are outer events and the inner ones and the inner ones are a different type of ecology and if one looks to the earth as a living sentient being then we have to form a relationship with gaia and the planetary intelligence and the intelligence of all of life, you know, and not just use our nature as a, as a means of exploitation. I use nature as three things. One, it calms me. 
Two, it feeds me. And three, I'm in harmony with nature. When I'm ready to explore new ways, I go out to my backyard and I look at my trees that are full of fruit and I look at my garden where I'm picking kale for dinner. And I think, thank you, thank you. I'm in gratitude for nature. And the last thing I hope we do is destroy the nature that feeds us. So what is the call for the future? What are we gonna do today that will make the future brighter for everyone, Roger? Well, in response about nature, indigenous cultures had a relationship to the natural world where the, it was alive with uh, nature beings and uh, intelligences. And we have to reclaim that relationship once more in our post-industrial society. And I think having that connection is so, so important. And, you, and look to nature as an ally to work with us so part of our human wholeness, part of our uh, uh, human community is actually to include nature as part of it. You know, and that's the inner ecology of life so that uh, it com uh, completes who we are as we, as we go forward. And that requires opening up our imagination, our dream life, our ability to look at ourselves differently in terms of you know, being sentient, erotic, beautiful beings that have God-given gifts and finding ways to express those and give those gifts to one another, however we are called to give those gifts. And it's going to be different for each of us. There isn't a one-size-fits-all. And when we think of one-size-fits-all, then what we're doing is trying to tell the other person how to live their life. And they, in turn, try to tell us how to live our lives. So if we can move aside from that whole debate and the divisions and the fractures of society and start expressing that kindness to one another and imagining a world where that is possible, then it can come into being. But we have to imagine it coming into being. And if there are forces in our own life that are not allowing us to have that experience and reinforcing the negative and that which is in the process of dissolving, then it's going to be very difficult to lift our spirits up and express the joy and the love that is so needed now at this critical time in, in human life. Joy and love and vision. I love those yes. words. Joy, love, and vision. You know, um, we, I lived in Costa Rica for 17 years with Dr. Robert Mueller, and we had a bench of dreams. So many people forget the visions that they were born with, or they forget the visions that could be. And so we have people sit on this 20-foot bench and they dream the dream of the world they want to see. And they take two stones from the ground, one for their, the earth to remember and one for them to remember. And as they close your eyes, and as soon as they see the vision of a world that works for all, where nature is valued, where harmony is the key word. And, and I loved your word when you said peace and harmony and kindness. Then they throw one stone into the ground so the ground and the earth remember their dream, and then they take the other one with them. And when Robert and I were at the United Nations one time in the delegates' lounge having lunch, in comes the Costa Rican ambassador, and she says, guess what I have in my purse? And I said, what do you have in your purse? And she said, and she pulls out this little tiny rock, and she says, I dreamed, dreamt that on this land in Costa Rica, we will have peace that will go to the entire planet. So I carry this rock with me everywhere. So I remember to work for my dream. 
And you know, Roger, that's kind of what you're saying. You've been to La Casa de Marie, where we have those benches of dreams. And the bench of dreams can be anybody's bench. You can just put a little thing, a little sign that says bench of dreams and live those dreams, work for those dreams. Roger, is that going to pull us into the future? It's a very, very good start. And the, then we take the dreams and we, we take the responsibility to act upon them in however we find the way to do it. So it's not dreaming in the sense of being removed from the world. It's actually engaging with the world full on. And you bring that spirit because the, the dreaming is the transformative energy to bring about the necessary changes. Because it's very difficult for the formative energy to bring about the necessary yeah. changes. And that starts with each of us, right, Roger? It's, absolutely, because it's one, one's own agency and where one can be in the world, whether it be in families or in the workplace or the institutions where one happens to be or wherever, it starts there. But our tendency is to look for others to do the work for us. And, and a great example was Obama. You know, Obama became the first black president. A, a massive outpouring of love and support. And then for many of us, we said to ourselves, that's great. You know, he can go and do the heavy lifting and do the work. And he wasn't necessarily supported. And he, wasn't un he was unable to sustain our hopes and dreams because we weren't willing, I'm speaking very generally here, to do the work ourselves. Uh, uh, that, to support and sustain his efforts. And so it, it's a grassroots movement, but not political alone. It may, it may have political elements. There may be activisms of various kinds. But ultimately, it's a community of consciousness that is planet-wide, where one can identify with being a planetary citizen, but able to focus locally on the needs right in front of one, right in front of one. When um, I think back about my late husband, Robert Mueller, he kept saying, have a global heart. Think about, a, you know, bring a global wish to the world. And I love what you said about be part of the solution, not just wait for somebody else to solve the problems, be part of the solution. Sometimes, you know, um, I was raised a Catholic and we had many nuns who were friends and these nuns would pray all day long for peace. But that was their, their thoughts. Their thoughts were creating peace. And I think our thoughts are more powerful than we realize. Do you agree with that? No, absolutely. Our thoughts, our attitudes, our emotions. I mean, if one looks at our, the energy construct of our human self, you know, we are energy beings. I mean, we're, 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 we have skin and flesh for sure. And you know, we can look at each other and touch one another and see each other and hear but if we're energy beings, then in, in a sense, our thinking impacts our environment. It goes out into this, into, in, a, in a sense, within the psyche of others. And this collective uh, energy, you know, can be turned into good and joy, or it can be turned into uh, you know, rubbing the wrong way and fractures and fissures in, in relationships. So that's why coming into our wholeness it, uh, individually, and doing the necessary work inside of ourselves is so important because then we're not projecting out on our environment our own inner divisions. We, you know, we are whole as best we are able, or at least we're on a journey of wholeness. And so others begin to experience that. And then we, we are a source of blessings to others and uh, can, can use whatever means to embrace the fullness 
of the human experience. And as you just said, uh, you know, thinking like a planet, you know, you become Gaia's intelligence in the world. It's, it's quite powerful and very, very practical. And very doable. It begins. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. You know, people, you're watching Roger Collis. Now, Roger Collis doesn't come from the Isle of Iona all by himself. He brought Catherine with him. And the Isle of Iona is where people discover themselves. Well, we don't have time to go to Isle of Iona now. So why don't you create your bench of dreams and go out there and dream the dream or put it even in your house and dream the dream that will allow you to be whole, as Roger said, whole and, and, and let that spiritual gift that you were born with. My uh, mother always said people were born whole and they could do anything. And then we reprogram them and we make them into what we want them to be rather than what they came onto the planet Earth to do. No, let's go back to our dreams. Let's go back to what we know we can do. And let's be part of the solution. Roger, I always give my guests, and I'm so delighted you're here. This is Roger Collis. Roger, do you have a, you're going to be getting a website soon, I know, because you told, uh, Catherine asked me about that. Um, but if we wanted to find out more about you, well, I guess I'll keep them posted. When you get the website, I'll put it up on your podcast. Would that work? Well, yes, and and the, you know I'm a trustee of the Finhorn Foundation in Northern Scotland, so in a way, you know, inquiries or connections can go that route as well. You know, which so is how uh, would that fin, be? Fin, fin, that would be Finhorn.org. Okay. Uh, F-I-N-D-H-O-R-N. And although I'm not living there, I have the association, so that's a that's a contact point. Perfect. Uh, you know, for me and for Catherine, for that matter, because we do educational work, you know, through that uh, charity from time to time. And I'm in touch have, with them on uh, a regular basis. Right. I have such fond memories of Fintorn in Scotland. You know, it was a community that worked together, lived together, was in harmony together. It was so amazing to be there with these people who loved each other. I remember... Um, having dinner and watching the people in the kitchen before they even started to cook they all got in a circle and they sang a song and they became one unit of voices and you know when you sing your words it, it, it there's something the vibration brings you more in harmony with yourself did you know that roger have you heard that philosophy that well, yeah, yeah, is the brain Absolutely, and just the holding of hands in a in 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 a circle, and the touch, you know, and the appreciation for whether it be a meal or preparing a meal or starting a work project, creates a sense of unity that we're in this you know together, and it's not just one person who is doing it alone. It's a it's a it's a, it's a group effort. So yes to singing and to celebration and anything that can bring us, you know, together or just having a, having a moment of silence, you know, together, you know, and that's the inner listening that we so need to do in which many sort of religious and spiritual traditions, you know, teach on, on a regular basis. I mean, that inner listening is the basis for many, most of the world religions in one form or another, because that's the source of inspiration and spiritual guidance that, that, uh, you know, guides many, many, many people. So Finhorn is a wonderful example of where that happens, one of the spiritual practices. And, you know, the work is love in action. You know, how do you take that into the workplace and have a high standard and bring the joy into the daily 
the, da the, the daily tasks of whatever one is doing. I mean, my mother, you know, is an example. You know, she was, she loved to cook. And uh, so for her, the spiritual practice was the cooking. And she was very conscious of it and the serving. So every time she served, put food on the plate and gave it to someone, she was giving her blessing to it inwardly. You know, it wasn't a religious manifestation. It was just her spirit. This was her gift through the food. And I think we can do that with one another silently. We don't have to go around proselytizing and trying to talk this up. We can work very silently and calmly uh, in wherever we might, might be to bring this energy into fulfillment and into its incarnation. And uh, I think we're all doing it in our own different ways anyhow. And uh, these podcasts that you're doing, Barbara, uh, bring to consciousness explicit representation of it all so we can see it uh, and have examples of it. See you know, it, feel it, and practice it. Like Absolutely. Yeah. These inspirational podcasts are short on purpose because everybody's busy. But yeah. if you get a glimpse of what Roger is saying, you will realize how valuable you are, how important you are, how your inner spirit is so important for the outer world, and how love in action is a model that I love. I, I try to love every, even the homeless people when I'm giving them money. And I gave a fellow $4 the other day, and he said, I'm so grateful for you. And I don't know if he realized when he said he was so grateful for me, my endorphins were zooming because that gratitude made me happy. Sure. And so now whenever I, anybody does anything for me, I do the same thing. I say, I'm so grateful you're here. I'm so grateful you're here in my life. Mm -hmm. And that gratitude and singing and handhold. People, we're human beings. And I want us to learn to be able to express ourselves in human ways. I think what you've just said is, is, is so important because we tend to put a big gap between ourselves and the sacred. And uh, we've, we strive to something rather than just accepting the fact of our human nature as being divine. And, I, and what I mean by this is just relaxing into who we are and the appreciation of our senses and the world around us and to take pleasure in small things and not be so hard on ourselves. And I, 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 I wonder in the spiritual path and in this, the technology of spiritual practice, whether we beat ourselves up. We're so aware of our deficiencies and what we don't have. And we strive to fill those deficiencies with something. But perhaps we should have a different starting point and say, well, you know, it's, we're here. Accept, accept our frailties and our challenges settle into uh, that and accept the, the tip the, the challenges of the time but don't beat ourselves up about it at all yes. I mean, it's, cra it's, cra it's crazy when you think about it that we as a human society in our spiritual development you know try try so hard beat ourselves up have this ladder of enlightenment that we're trying to achieve and that's very much the, sort of the Protestant work ethic. It's part of the Judeo-Christian background, which is fine. I'm, I'm not, I have no quarrels with it. Uh, but let's look at alternative ways of uh, being with one another 
and alternative ways of spiritual practice and have some fun and lightness around it. And I don't think we know how to have fun. We don't have to have lightness. We don't have to have joy because we think of it as not serious. And we think of it as not accepting the pain and the suffering of the world. When in actual fact, if you have love and you have care and compassion and kindness and playfulness, you're actually in touch with the world because that's what the world is at its most fundamental level. And that embraces all of the uh, suffering as well. You know, it's, it's not either or, you know, you're not joy on the one hand and then there's pain on the other. Those divisions are somewhat artificial. And I think we have to find a way of uh, doing them away so that we can come and bring some wholeness and have a higher synthesis of interactivity in ourselves and with one another. And that's a radical transformation. You know, I, I think we're at the very, very early stage of this, Barbara, and it's gonna take other generations to come in and actually embody this. And younger people innately know something about it that we perhaps have some difficulties with within our particular- Well, you, you know, said, uh, you, you have just summarized what I think is going to happen this year, 2022. I don't know why I feel that, but I feel like 2022 is a paradigm shift year. And I think the words you've said have guided us into the paradigm shift that's going to happen. And you know, people who are watching today, and I thank you for joining us. You know, we now have an app on our iPhone. So if you're in the car and you're driving along and the traffic's really horrible, Put in a, a listen to one of our podcasts, listen to some inspiration and pay attention to the traffic, but listen to the inspiration Roger just now gave you. This is our time to pay attention, to bring our pure bodies out into the world in a way that presents kindness, love, and maybe you're going to be the only love that person experiences that day, but you can be present and be there. Listen to Roger call us with your friends, invite them to watch the podcast with you and have a conversation. Stop in the middle of a sentence or something and say, what did Roger tell us we should be thinking about? Have a conversation about what Roger is saying, because that's how we, it brings you into the harmony that we need on our planet today. Right, Roger? Absolutely. As I say to my grandson, thumbs up. And when I made a difficult pressurized situation with a client or in a consulting activity where things are difficult i always end it with a thumbs up now right and that's just i've become and that's my hallmark so whenever anyone's taking a photo of me now <laughs> the instinct is a thumbs up which means yeah. that basically everything's okay now I, it's all good it's all good. You know, everything that is presented to us is either a learning opportunity or something glorious, you know, and the learning opportunities come and I, and I learned so much in my life, but I want to thank you, Roger. You know, you have just opened up what I call the future by the words that you have said, you're bringing us into a future of harmony and love and inspiration. We can inspire each other. We don't have to wait for the Dalai Lama to step in our house. We are the inspiration, and I know it, and I know it. Roger, if you had to have the last word, what would it be today? The last word was yesterday I was at Meditation Mount, lying on the bench of dreams that Robert Mueller and, and you uh, dedicated and the Peace Portal, and I lay there for 20 minutes dreaming into the future in my own sort of unique, unique, unique way. I, I was taking some guests there for them to visit the Mount, which is in uh, 
in, in Ojai, in California. So thank, thank, thank you and thank Robert for the, the inspiration of these benches of dreams that are there in many parts of the world now. This is such a perfect ending, I should say beginning. This is a perfect beginning for our future, these benches of dreams. You know, so many people have a peace pole and I say next to your peace pole, put a bench and put the little words bench of dreams on it and do as Roger did, lay on it, talk about it, be together and have that dream and watch it come to be. Dreams work. Robert and I would um, sit down after we'd write a letter to a head of state or something and we'd sit down and dream it happening. And um, it does. Well, you know, thank you all for joining us. You're listening to peacepodcast.org. I'm Barbara Gunn Mueller, and you can get us on an app. You can go to my Peace Podcast channel on YouTube. But the most important part is be who you are. You were born for a purpose bigger than you even know, and the inspiration that you carry with you, let it out. Let people know that you there are there for them and that you are together. This is Barbara Gon Mueller and Roger Collis saying thank you for joining us. Thank you, Roger. Thank you. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. It's been a pleasure, all of you. Join me each week, and you'll find out we'll have new guests and new inspiration. Thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm.